Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swam, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, the CEO at Finn, and I am joined once again by Ian Richardson, the principal consultant at Fox and Crow. Ian, how are you doing? Man, I am too blessed to stress. I'm stealing it from my friend JP Keezy. I am awesome today. That's awesome. If, if if you're watching or listening to this and you haven't looked at any of the previous episodes we did with Ian, he explains that entire quote there. So go ahead and do that. Also, if you haven't watched the previous episodes, you might not know, but Ian owned, ran, and then sold an MSP after 16 years. So he knows a little bit about what it's like to build, run, and then sell an MSP, which is actually the topic for today is what lessons did Ian learn? So Ian, I guess I'll ask you is what is it like selling an MSP? Yeah. Yeah. So you sold your MSP. Now what? Huh? That, that crazy question. So there's three big parts that I, that I could say, right? You, you get an LOI and you sign it. And then you're in this phase called due diligence. And uh, spoiler alert, that is as close to hell on earth as you can be in. Then you get to the closing table. And there's this whole thing around the closing table and probably closing table plus three months. And then if you decide to leave the acquiring organization, right, you have separated from your MSP, you are fully unplugged, like you wake up, it is Monday morning and you are unemployed. There is that moment too. So I'll, I'll run through each one. Uh, due diligence is hell. And the way you can make due diligence less hellish is to do due diligence before you get an LOI. So like start early, work often, get it all, get all your ducks in a row, have everything ready and just pace yourself. Like that is a, a 40 mile death march. It is, it is uphill in the snow with no shoes, no coat, no whatever, right? Like you are all alone. Give yourself some space for a date night. Don't be a jerk to your spouse. Don't be a jerk to your kids. Don't be a jerk to your customers, to your team. Like when you're starting to feel yourself stressed, know yourself hit the gym, go for walks, whatever, right? Like give yourself space because due diligence can become all consuming and it shouldn't have to be that way, but that's the way it is because time kills deals. I'll, I'll, I'll use Connor's uh, quote that he's told me previously, time will kill deals and you don't want due diligence to stretch long, 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 right? You want to kind of get through that phase in 30, 60, 90 days and get to that close table. I always view it through this as selling your business is a lot like making a sale, except now you're not selling services. You're literally selling the health of your organization. And so um, a statement that I always make sure to tell MSPs is if you don't show up and ask a vendor that you're trying to work with um, what you need, if you don't tell them what you need, they'll sell you what they have. So the same thing applies here. If an acquirer shows up on your doorstep and you don't have anything to give them, they're going to run wild and running wild in due diligence is never, 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 never the place you want to be. That's right. And it, it's so different, like in due diligence. So you, you sign this LOI and they're like, all right, well, we're going to have all this stuff. You say, hey, you know what? I've actually, I've been working and collecting on it. Why don't I give you like, here's everything that I have and you can run it against your checklist and let me know what gaps you need to fall in, that you need me to fill in. But you do this huge data governance dump 
of contracts and legal status and HR and payroll and bank statements and this and that and all this other type of stuff because, uh, spoiler, 95% of due diligence packages between acquirers are exactly the same. They might be worded different, but they're looking for the same stuff. So if you have 95% of their stuff up front that you gave them on day one after LOI, first off, you went from here to here on like their opinion scale. You are, you are at the top of the pile. It is holy crap, this person gets it. We want this even more. Like you, like it's it's like you wave the steak in front of them, just like that, right before you put it down. You you made them smell it a bit, and then it's right there. It's like, hey, like, well, I'd like the New York strip, and you just pull it out from behind. I'm like, here you go, perfectly prepared to your to your specifications. Enjoy. This yeah. is the best restaurant I've ever been in. Like, how did that happen? So that's kind of kind of step one. But two, you've shifted the game. You've taken what is a highly stressful thing for you, and you're like, nope ball's yours here's the hot potato have fun you've given them all this stuff which is what they want and now they're like uh well we better get our team to work on it and so instead of 30 days of you panicking trying to meet data deadlines it's now them 30 days doing analysis and like the the five percent that they might have asked for for other things because you were so buttoned up and tight chances are they're gonna go you know what whatever who cares get to the closing table let's go like get out of the way everything's fine this is so organized we don't we don't even understand let's get to the closing table so you're only doing yourself a favor i always do the thing of uh you have accounting questions don't ask me here's my cpa here's my accountant they've been running our books for a while ask them that you have full full recourse ask them for anything you might want and then the same thing with my legal counsel it's like you have questions about corporate formation you have questions about uh, or structure, anything like that. All right, here's my counsel that set all of that up for us. They'll explain this in terms that make me go to sleep, but have fun with them. I'll keep, uh, I'll keep staying over here and running my business. That's right. That's right. Just get out of the way. Let your professional counselors do their job. When, when you hit that closing table, right? Like there's going to be this moment when like you wake up and you log into your bank and there's a bunch of zeros with some other digit in front of it. Plus whatever you had in there before, right? Like your bank account went whoop and you're like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. Like, let's, let's, I don't know. Let's, let's go to Target, whatever it is you're going to do there. (laughs) Like you, you've got all of this cash now and you're going to have to go into what's called transition and your transition time might be like, you might have a multiple year transition. You might have six months, whatever it is, but early on in transition, about 90 to 120 days. You're going to start hearing this buzzing and it's going to feel like it's right there in the back of your skull. And that buzzing is a warning signal, right? Like you're going to like, it's almost like tinnitus that's constantly happening. You're going to start checking out of meetings and stuff early on when you're signing in, book yourself a couple of weeks away with your family and, and do a light working vacation where you're not completely unplugged or anything like that. Go ahead and handle the emails, comms, whatever you got to do for, you know, the first few hours in the day, I'm a big fan of doing this somewhere where it's warm, maybe a beach, maybe buy some water. And then for the last half of the day, that phone, your phone is left in the hotel room. It's left wherever you're staying. And everyone knows that's what's going to happen. Hey, from 8 to noon, we can talk to Connor. But from noon till the next morning at 8 a.m., he's not even going to touch his phone. It's locked up in the hotel safe. And just do that. So the four hours a day lets you not go crazy. What's going on? Everything's piling up, etc. And you've got this nice long time with the people who really matter, your kids, your spouse, whatever, to where you're able to unplug and start to unwind and de-stress. And that two weeks minimum, a month if you can swing it, that time will be healing. 
because you've just gone through the hell of due diligence and you haven't unwound it all. Like you're still running your business. You're still doing things and you didn't have any time to just like kind of let it go. You might cry. You might have some emotions, like just give yourself somewhere nice to kind of get, let that stress level, that cortisol level kind of decrease and to create a little bit of space for healing. Right. That's my, my biggest piece of advice is do it early in transition, schedule it, let the acquirer know they're going to probably encourage it. If they're a mature acquirer, they're going to say, yeah, you're going to need to get that out of here because you're going to be a jerk otherwise. And then you're going to screw stuff up. Your team's mature. They've been running the business for a while that you've taken vacations before. Just schedule yourself a vacation and get out. Don't do it right at close, but like, you know, again, 60, 90 days afterwards, get out for a while and then come back and you'll be able to get through the rest of like the rest of those two years will be a breeze. If you give yourself that space early on, biggest thing for transition that I could say. So is that a lesson you learned because you did it or because you didn't do it when you sold your MSP? No, that is a lesson that I learned to do it Um, because my sale happened quickly. There was due diligence. There was fixing. There was client like there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened up to close and then a massive amount of stuff that happened afterwards. And about two months in, I was fried. I was just fried. And so Carrie and I took a month. We went out to Hawaii. We stayed with some friends. And, and did that. And that was restorative. And I was able to come back and not be like angry, not be like, not be in a space where I was, I was hating everything. So it really, really needed to happen. And again, my situation, I don't think it was unique, but because I was so burned out beforehand, I just didn't have much to give. It was, it was kind of struggle getting out of bed before we left. And so that, uh, that lesson learned, that's what worked for me. And I, I firmly believe it'll work for others. That's uh, really insightful. I always, I always tell everyone there's, there's really one existential threat to your business and then everything else you can solve. The, the biggest existential threat is, do you burn out? Because yep. as you mentioned in the, in the last episode we recorded, once you walk through that door, you don't walk back. Is you're right. done. You're mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, you're checked out. You're no longer... The person that you were, you are basically just a number, uh, an employee number in the machine now that you've created, which feels like a death trap uh, if, if you really are burnt out. So I always right. recommend it's like you can take care of anything, competitors, you can take care of your messaging, you can fix your sales process, as we talked about, you can fix everything. You can't fix burning out yeah. after it's happened. You got to fix it beforehand. Once it happens, you're done. And then, like, unfortunately, if you burn out, before this is complete, you're impacting your financial future. You're impacting your exit because like it is a one way door and you might be like, none of us are Superman here. You might be able to drag this boulder and that's what it's going to feel for a little while. But then eventually you're going to have some sort of collapse, whatever it might be. And it's so much better to avoid that. And so you gotta, you have to give yourself space and, and just be able to heal almost from the massive amount of stress that you might not even realize is accumulating through soliciting LOI, selecting LOI, getting through due diligence, negotiating with lawyers, getting to the closing table, communicating with your team, with clients, making sure nothing's going to fall apart and kind of carrying forward this thing that you no longer own for a period of time. That's just a lot to do. Give yourself some space to kind of, to kind of heal a bit. And then like the, the third part of what you had asked is like, once you're, 
there's there comes a time, right? Like everyone that you sell your business, at some point you're exiting fully, whether it's to retirement or whatever. But people aren't done at the sale of their business, right? You might be 40, you might be 60, you might be 75. I got no idea what your age is. But life kind of continues after you wake up and hey, I'm unemployed. And um I went through a, uh, I went through a process. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pitch on a podcast, right? But there, there's a lot of different things. What, what, what I did, I sold my, uh, I went through a process before the sale of my company, but after I had finalized a divorce called life plan. And there was an, it's kind of an episodic, uh, process around a person. Find something, whether it's a book, a therapist, maybe you go to a life coach or a life planner, something where you kind of look in and take inventory of you and figure out like that internal wiring, what makes you tick, what's your story, where do you want to go and kind of craft like I'm a planner. So I I use planning um, vernacular, but like kind of plan out. What do I want my life to look like after retirement? What's that impact? What do I want to do with my spouse? What do I want to do with my kids? What's what's faith if that's a thing? What do, what do I want to do with my relationship with faith, with my community, with not profit nonprofits I care about? What like what activities do I want to do? What's the what's the bucket list? Start to create this vision of what what's my life going to look like ten years after I've sold my MSP? What's that look like? And what do I got to do to make sure that I can achieve that? Because you're not done just because you sold your MSP. You're not done yet. That doesn't mean that you're going to like dive in and, and start a new company or whatever. That's not what I'm, I'm saying at all. But take some space and kind of create a plan for your life. No one else is going to do it for you. And you have everything to gain and nothing to lose by doing it. So I think that's some, some wonderful advice. I'll give people... Uh... Uh, some advice from a conversation I had with my dad while I was going through college. So I studied math in college and I love it. I still love it to this day. It's just something that I really enjoy. It's like a pastime, a hobby for me. I was studying at his kitchen table and he comes by, he says, did you have fun today? And I, my exact answer was absolutely not. I had no fun today. He goes, well, then why are you doing this? I was like, because it was fulfilling. This was not fun, but it was fulfilling. And even though you've sold your business, even though you may not have had fun, it was fulfilling at one point. That's gone. Close the chapter on that. Now you have to chase fulfillment elsewhere. And if your life is devoid of fulfillment, whether that's working with nonprofits that you really enjoy or spending more time with your kids and your family or having some kind of impact on your community, it's like now you have all the freedom to think about. It's like a blessing and a curse. One thing that my grandpa told me is like, son, the, the biggest problem you're going to have is choosing what you want to do because you're going to see all these things that you want to do and you're, and, and you're probably going to think you're going to choose the wrong one. So good luck. It's like you have to choose now. You have the, the the curse of choice. It's like when you look at a menu at a restaurant and there's a thousand things. It's like, well, I don't know what I want to eat now. Whereas if you get that small menu, it's like these are the four things you get to choose from. You're like, oh, that that one looks good. I'm gonna be happy with that. It's a uh, it's weird. I would 110 percent agree, man. Like like figure figure out what's next before you have to figure out what's next. I guess would be my advice to sum it up. <laughs> awesome. For um. For anyone listening or watching that wants to learn a little bit more about you or a little bit more about Fox and Crow, where would you want them to go? Yeah, yeah. Head to the website. It's foxcrowgroup.com. Uh, I'm super active on LinkedIn. If you want to go there, it's just my full name, Ian Alexander Richardson. So the LinkedIn slash in slash my name will get you over to there. Connect with me. I'd love to connect. And if I can provide value about uh, exit and what happens afterwards, happy to have that conversation. Awesome. 
for for folks who may or may not have watched or listened to the previous episodes, we talked with Ian about sales process. Uh, we talked with Ian right now about selling the MSP, and we also talked with Ian about what it looks like to actually prepare for the exit. So a lot of really good, valuable nuggets of wisdom in there, a lot of good advice. Highly encourage you. We'll have show notes down below or wherever you're watching this to connect with Ian, connect with uh, Fox and Crow. So feel free to go do that. I'm sure Ian would love to talk with you. Oh, yeah. It's uh, been a privilege, Connor. I appreciate being on, man. Anytime. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for giving us an insight into what it looks like, the tumultuous world of selling your MSP. I'm sure everyone uh, listening had a blast. And uh, to everyone watching, listening still, thanks so much for joining us. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.